everyone. I'm your host, Liana Pavane, founder of TTYL, human connection advocate, certified life coach, and most importantly, a human that's just trying to figure it out. I'm your unapologetic 20-something native New Yorker, advocating selfships. Yes, I'm in a relationship with myself while navigating the dating world. I'm on a mission to break down dating stigmas in our society and to stop ghosting. I started this podcast after my ex broke up with me over the phone. I know, at least it wasn't a post-it. And I realized that our dating etiquette was severely lacking due to technology. Each week, I invite guests onto the podcast from all walks of life to discuss their first date horror stories and best dates. Because let's be honest, we don't focus on the positives enough when it comes to dating. The best part about this podcast is that after each episode, I've walked away feeling more confident about myself and my relationships. So whether or not you're single, in a relationship, or find yourself in a situationship, I welcome you to get comfy as I dive into the uncomfy so we can normalize it together. Do you want to feel magical every day? Now you can. When you adorn yourself with glitter from Unicorn Snot, you too can shine bright like a diamond. Add sparkle to your next night out, your first date, or just for yourself while you work from home because self-ships. Use code Liana15UnicornsNot for 15% off their face and body products or their new Bio Glitter Sunscreen with 30 SPF so that you can literally shimmer in the sunshine. That's code Liana15UnicornsNot at unicornsnot.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ghost of Dates Past. I am super excited about today's episode. I'm here with Tina, who is the host of the In Your 20s podcast. So welcome to the Ghost of Dates Past podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So is there anything else intro-wise that you just want to put in for everyone about who you are, or a little bit more about your podcast? Yeah, so I'm Tina Ogallo. Tina with an H is how my friends refer to me, especially if they lose me at a bar, because there might be a lot of people whose names end with Ina, but there's only one Tina with an H. So that's me. I guess you could say that's my brand. I'm in my mid-20s, figuring out life, balancing my podcast, career, trying to, you know, figure out dating. I guess for this podcast in particular, it's interesting because... I have had so many dates, so many. Like, I'd say that my friends go to me for dating advice, yet I have never called someone my boyfriend. Actually, no, I've called someone my boyfriend, and this was recently, for a total of six hours. And then we were, he was like, takes these backsies. So my dating life is all over the freaking place. (laughs) Oh my God, what are we in middle school? That's ridiculous. This man is grown. We are at, we are too old and at this big age to be doing that. Like, don't even ask me because I even was apprehensive about it. And I said, are you sure? We just rekindled this. He goes, no, I'm totally positive. Next morning we wake up. I'm like, so who's going to tell my roommate? Because my roommate wasn't his biggest fan. He goes, yeah, uh, one, I'm scared of her. Two, maybe we should take things slow. I literally said goodbye soon after that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what you got to do. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like, well, we can get into this, I guess, but the whole, I've kind of changed my view on going back a second time. I feel like I talked about this a lot on the podcast as, oh, it's good to go back. You know, sometimes people do change and giving people a chance and maybe it's, or there's a reason why they're popping back into your life again or Sometimes I felt like I had to go back as a way for myself to really learn the lesson again. Like, okay, let me give you a second slap in the face. But yeah, I feel very differently now, which we can talk about. But let's hear your first day horror story. Okay, so this one, I was trying to think of one. And I actually had one quite recently. So this is fresh in my mind. I am ready to explain this to you guys. So I live in Hoboken, New Jersey, right across the river, the Hudson River from New York City. So when I'm on dating apps, whatnot, I match with nine times out of 10 people in the city. So that's where our dates are, which is totally fine for me because I'd rather go to the city anyway. So that way, if I'm ready to leave, I can just go. So I had this date with this guy and he says to me, hi, let's go and have drinks. 
I'm like, okay, perfect. At first, he wanted us to get drinks at 9 p.m. on a Wednesday. 9 p.m. I don't live in this city and you're going to, uh, no, absolutely not. I asked him, that's pretty late, especially if I'm taking the train home. Can we switch to a little earlier, maybe 7.30 or 8? I was hoping he was going to say 7.30. He picked 8, but I was like, you know what? It's fine. So after work that day, I went to the city. I visited my brother. Like I had some time because I didn't want to rush to get to this date. Also, I love to be a little fashionably late. Not too crazy, but around 5 to 10 minutes because I want to make sure the person's there. So... You know, I'm making sure time's passing and then I finally get to the area where the date is and it's in Soho. I got there at around 7.50, 7.55, which meant I was sitting my ass on a park bench. It is the middle of February. I am freezing, but my pride and my ego was not going to allow me to walk into that place before him. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting. It becomes 8.05. And I text him like, hey, I'm here. Because I'd already told him when I was on my way. And he goes, oh, sorry, there's a little bit of traffic or there's a delay with the subway, but I'm going to get there as soon as I can. I wait outside till 8.15. This man still isn't here. I go, well, you know what? I traveled all this way to the city. I'm still going to go and get a drink. So I go up to where our date is. And I think it's around 8.20, 8.25 that he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Like there was subway delays. And I go, well, where do you live? I'm not the best at geography, but I'm pretty sure he said Tribeca, which isn't that right next to Soho? Yeah, pretty pretty close right there, yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Pretty close. So I'm pissed because I didn't realize that he lived in Tribeca. If I am meeting you in a different city, I'm crossing a river for you. The least you can do is make sure that you're traveling a little far for this date. So I'm already in a bad mood because I hate having to wait for someone. I had already ordered my drink. We're talking, the conversation's all right. Oh, well, like, I want to take you to this other bar. I'm like, I just want to go home because we'd already been an hour and a half into the date. And I said, okay, fine, but just know I've got to leave soon. Get to the second place. We're there. It's empty. Both of these places, by the way, are completely empty. It's the two of us and maybe four other people at each place. We're here at the second bar. He's saying to me, yeah, like I love this place and the place we were just at. I go to these places all the time. In my head, so you take other girls to these places. Then I think this was the universe sending me a sign because while we're at the second place, I get a text from my ex that's not my ex being like, hey, how are you? Granted, we were talking on and off, but I was like, the way my mind is immediately ready to just keep texting this man and forget about this date. Oh, I also forgot to mention, while we're walking from bar one to bar two, he is going in on his political views, like totally just talking batshit crazy about anyone and everything. He made, I'm not going to even repeat it because I just think it's so messed up, but he had made a comment about like babies. And I was like, what in the world have these infants and newborns done to you? I, it was just so not my vibe at all. And he felt way too safe. A first date is not a safe space. So bottom line is the second bar we went to was five minutes. I think we were there, no, for 30 minutes. Then I was like, I need to leave. He asked me if I wanted food. I already ate because he told me we were only getting drinks. And then he makes me go to a pizzeria with him only for me to miss my train. I was like, no, I need to go and catch my train. He says, no, can't you just wait five minutes? I'll walk you to the station. Man, I am a big girl, leave me the fuck alone. So yeah, that was my date. I didn't get home till midnight and I never saw him again. Oh my God. There, It was a lot, I know. Yeah, there's so much to unpack. I mean, more with the, the person that you were on a date with, but I just, yeah, oh, I hate waiting. For guys, I rec- I went on the state not too long ago, maybe a month or so ago, and they had me put my card down because it was one of those wine bars where you go up. Oh yeah, ended up paying for the date, and it was so bad that I blocked him afterwards, and then never got the money back. But it's fine. He sucks. It's whatever. But like, yeah, and now I now like understand how guys feel for sure. If I'm not feeling it after one drink, I will say this has been great but i'm not feeling it and just go home wait you'll literally say it to them face to face oh yeah i mean after that experience it was like oh shit the amount of times that i've just been like oh yeah sure i'll get another drink 
half to just have another drink and half because I'm like, will this go anywhere? I feel like it's just not, it's just not worth it. A hundred percent. You're bold. I can't do it face to face. I'll just like shrug through the date. But then afterwards, if they are still texting me asking for a second date, I'm like, no, I don't vibe. Or I say it in a nice way, but I'm like, I just don't think we'd work. Wishing you the best. Plus, a lot of the guys I end up seeing or going on these dates with end up somehow related to my work industry. So then I just keep them around as friends and I'll just like hit them up when I have questions, which in my case, granted, I have enough friends. I don't want any more, but it can be beneficial career wise. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's that's a fair point. I feel like if you kind of know the people are like through friends or friends, like you want to keep a good rapport and not burn bridges or anything like that. I, I feel like, you know, another thing you could do after first drink if you're not feeling is just I actually have to get up earlier. I have somewhere to be. As this is a first date, I didn't really allocate a lot of time. Kind of just see this at, you know, I don't really see first dates as I'm not going to give like a ton of my time to first dates as I don't know how we're going to be compatible, if we're going to be compatible or not in person. So I actually made plans after this. And then, you know, you can text them that you're not feeling it if that's the way to go. I think I've also just been in a space recently of where my energy is worth being spent and where it's not. And I feel like first dates, while some can be great, if you're not feeling that amazing connection, which is out there and 100%, you shouldn't have to settle for less, then like, why continue? I fully agree with that. I have this rule where I will not stay on a date for longer than two hours because I'm like, I have places to be. I have things to do, you know? We... Are working but we also have podcasts to edit and market and everything we there is not enough time in the day for me to on a four-hour date absolutely not I also have a rule where I I'd say 95% of the time if a guy asks me out on a date for a weekend I will say no it is so rare I my Friday Saturdays even my Sundays for myself and my friends and my family that's my time to just not have to necessarily put myself out there. I can just have fun with the people that I do enjoy spending my time with. Not to say that a first date on a weekend can't go well. I just am saving my peace and my energy for those who I know are going to appreciate it from the jump. And also very telling that if someone is not willing to plan a weekday date with you, and that's Monday, Thursday, that means that how are they going to make the time for you? moving forward when you guys are dating and serious because yeah we all have jobs but like are you able to balance having a job and also having a partner mm, yeah I think that's a really good point and I agree I mean I think there have been times you know if it's a could be a second or third date and they're not asking me to hang out on a weekend I just kind of think hmm because I do think the the weekends are the prime date nights but not for a first date I agree I think Weekends are for, I think Thursday night is a great date night. Thursday nights are great because if you do end up hitting it off and you have three drinks, yeah, okay, you're hungover on a Friday. Big deal. You're going to check out early. Everyone's checking out early and then you have the weekend. But yeah, I feel like if you're, you know, if you go on a first date on a Friday or Saturday and it doesn't go well, you just kind of feel like you wasted your precious time on a weekend. Exactly. I could be going to dinner with my friends. I could be making plans with coworkers, family, literally anyone else besides you. (laughs) So true. So true. So one of the things that you always start out with on your podcast is what's the biggest lesson you've learned in your 20s? So kind of Going off of that, what is the biggest lesson you've learned about dating in your 20s? Ooh, okay. I've learned a lot of lessons, but I also like to say that I am a serial situation shipper, as some people like to call it. I am a notorious foster girlfriend. I just learned that phrase from the Gals Guide pod. They're amazing, but yeah. That's fucking hilarious. So because of those instances that I've been in and I promised, I told myself the first time I wasn't going to do it ever again. I just got through the second time of being in a situationship, like a long-term situationship with another person. And I finally have understood that when someone says that they're not ready, take their word for it. You cannot change their mind because once 
you say to them, oh, it's okay, we can take things slow. You're gonna take things slow, but you're still going to be giving all of the qualities or doing all the things that you guys were, would be doing if you were official. So with that, I'm like, no, if you're not ready, that's great. I hope you have a great life. I'm going to move on to the next person because you're just another stepping stone till I find my soulmate. Mm. Yeah, that's a really, really good one. I feel like, yeah, I think people say stuff like that just to keep you around or maybe they're lonely or afraid of commitment or whatever it is, but it's not your job. You should never have to change the way that you view what you want or have someone kind of alter your idea of what you're looking for because, okay, this person, and again, the person that you're dating or in a situationship probably is a great person. That's why you started dating them in the first place. You like them. You have a connection. Obviously, that's all going to come to play emotionally and be difficult to walk away. But if you know in your heart of hearts that you are looking for something serious and something long-term and they say, nah, that's not for me, you shouldn't then go, oh, that's fine. That's a red flag for on your part. You should never change how you are putting yourself out there, what you want. And I feel like that's something that, I mean, I personally am like coming back to that because I feel like I've recently been in situations or like getting mixed signals from guys. I'll kind of ask them what's going on, feel like we're hitting it off. And then they're like, no, I'm not actually looking for something super serious. And I think, oh, okay, maybe that's fine. Maybe I don't have time for something more. But I feel like I'm coming to terms with the fact intuitively that I really do want intimacy and I really do want something significant and I don't want to settle and I shouldn't have to. Precisely. It's the thing. Once you say that it's okay and that you can take things slow, you are literally signing and handing over your application to be a foster partner, a foster girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Like it is so clear because, and the girls say really well in uh, their podcasts, but basically when you're a foster in my situation, a foster girlfriend, so you're doing all of these relationship things with this person, you are, so to speak, their comfort crutch. That's, that's my go-to phrase. Like, I also sometimes see people as being my comfort crutch, and that's what this past situationship was to me when we were on and off of, like, really talking. But the thing is, that person will never call you their partner or their significant other. They are just having you around till they find someone else that they're really into, and that person is that they're going to commit to because it's new, it's fresh, it's exciting. And that's not to say by any means, that's not to deteriorate your worth by any means. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. And I am speaking from personal experience, y'all. I have had too many tears during these situations, so I feel like I can speak on it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. I was writing down all these terms. I'm like, ooh, okay, situationship terms. I love this. I, yeah, it's so true because, and sometimes it's like they don't see you as the person they want to be in a relationship with, but they're too cowardly to let you know, you know, but they don't want to be by themselves. And they're like, well, she's still cute. Like, she's still good looking. She's still fun, but She's not exactly what I'm looking for. So I'll just keep her around until I find something better, which is... That's where the comfort crutch falls in. That's right, it. Exactly. It's And it's so... It's such a shitty feeling too to know that because I, I even recently I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw this dude that I was in a... We, we were clearly casual and we talked about it and it was... There were defined lines for sure. But now he's in a relationship and he had mentioned when we were dating or when we were casual, you know, because you're still casual with someone. You're, you still have intimate conversations and you're still giving a part of yourself to that other person. There's still pillow talk. You know, you're not just I mean, some people are like, OK, you know, go over to your apartment, hook up, leave. Bye. But I don't that's not my that's not what I feel comfortable with. So. We're still having these conversations and he's telling me that he's going through all this stuff and he's working through a lot in therapy and he's like not ready for a relationship and blah, 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 blah. And then like three months later, not even you're in a relationship. Please come on. Shake my head. And oh, okay. I swear. And this is no, this is no diss by any means. But I think now that therapy is something that we're talking about a lot more, which is a great thing. Guys, 
are using it as a ploy. As in, they will say, oh yeah, I'm in therapy, like that I was in a situationship with. Yes, yeah, I started therapy, I'm really working towards myself because I want this to us. I was on cloud nine, like that was one of the reasons why I said to him, okay, you're bettering yourself, I'm willing to try this again. Little did I know when we were, when right before I was about to end things, this man hadn't been in therapy for four months. In what, and granted, therapy comes in and out. I totally get it, it ebbs and it flows, but he had only done about a month or two months worth of sessions, was still saying that, yeah, I'm in therapy. Therapy is a long-term thing. Like my therapist, when I first started with her, she goes, it's a three-month retainer. I'd like to meet weekly, if not bi-weekly, depending on your financial means, because I just need to understand and we have to hit every aspect of your life before there can even be healing. This man ain't even finished given aspects of his life. So can you be how can you be better if you haven't even started, you haven't even built the framework for the house? Like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I've seen it a couple times. My friends have also experienced this with potential partners. And we're like, huh, what other thing are you gonna ruin for us next? Yeah, wow, that's really interesting. I've never heard that before, but I feel like that probably is something that they say and it's a super shitty excuse. I think, you know, I think that for me, something that I've been putting into practice more and more is just showing up as my authentic self and and speaking my truth. And that's why I have that phone call where I'll say, you know, I'm getting mixed signals, what's going on? Because you do never know what someone's going through and holding compassion for my partners is something that I want to continue leading with, but it goes both ways. The compassion goes both ways. And it is a form of compassion to tell someone that you're just not interested. I'm not going to, I'd rather know on date after date two or three than two months into whatever relationship this is. And we haven't had the relationship talk or what page are we on conversation and you're just like, oh, no, I am just going through a lot. Okay, well, does that going through a lot mean that you have time for me? In what capacity do you have time for me, if any? We're all going through a lot. like, And that's the thing. I swear, this is also what gets me very angry. Or maybe I'm just, I think I'm projecting a little my past. Because this situation I'm talking about is still fairly, like, ended things about a month or a month, month and a half ago, and I'm still working through it. But it gets me so angry when someone says, oh, I'm going through a lot. But then all they do is talk about what they're going through. And this is mainly when you're like, have been talking with a person or you're dating someone. It's like, I am totally trying to be there for you. I am willing to be your shoulder to lean on. But what about me? I'm also going through things, but I'm not ready I don't want to turn this situation to be about me, like going through this and I'm also going through this. So we're kind of the same. No, because I want you to be valid and it's your time to vent. But also flip the script a little and look at it from your partner or the person you're dating's perspective to say, huh, I haven't really checked up on them. I wonder if everything's all right with work, friendships, family, you know? I That's one thing I also is something I definitely would say is a need in any relationship I have moving forward because I definitely take on a motherly role. I feel like that's kind of females in general, which we have to stop doing and I include myself in that. So I do take on that role, but I also need that person to take it on as well and to, you know, coddle me a little bit, check in on me, see how I'm doing because I will put on a strong demeanor. No one will know that I'm upset. I might cry in a bar bathroom maybe once in a blue moon, but you will not see me crying out in public with strangers, not gonna happen. So you need to break down that exterior and ask, all you have to do is ask. That is the first thing that anyone wants. They just wanna know that someone cares about them and is willing to listen to them then. Yeah, no, I love that. I've been thinking, or I was on this other podcast and one of the questions he asked me was, how has your definition of love changed? And I feel like when I was a kid, it was so much about quality time, but it's really evolved into what you're saying, this idea that it's knowing that you have a support system and that you have someone to lean on and that person will trust that no matter what comes out of your mouth, 
that no matter what you're going through, that no matter if you're unconsolably crying on the floor and in distress or extremely angry, maybe even at them, that they will love you through all those emotions and that they will they will literally just be there and be a presence for you for what you're going through. And I feel like it shows up so early on by people's actions in beginnings of relationships or dating because you can tell if someone has the potential of being that for you just by what you were saying, the way that this guy treated you by just talking about their issues and not asking or reciprocating, flipping the script and having that compassion. Yeah, and I think for me, it's, I would say my love language for a while was words of affirmation. I wanted them to ask me about my projects and whatnot. And granted, that's still, words of affirmation is still at the top of my list. But I think based off of the experiences that I've had, and because these experiences have kind of brought up new insecurities quality time is probably at the top for me so we kind of flip-flopped because now I'm like I want you to show me that I am worth your time well no I know I'm worth your time but I want you to make the time for me to show me full-heartedly put me into your calendar do whatever and don't also make plans and then drop off of them because that happens a lot in situationships yeah, no, that's a big one for me. I I was recently situation shipping with this dude. I'm going to make it a verb or an adjective. I don't know. It can be whatever. We are make we are coining the term and it has new definitions every couple months. <laughs> we were shipping and <laughs> Yeah, and he did this thing where he would say, "Oh, I might be free at this time." All the time. I'm what does that mean? Do you say that to your friends that you're going to make dinner plans with? Oh, yeah, maybe save a spot for me on the reservation. I might make it to your engagement party. Oh, perhaps I will be there for this father's birthday. No, no, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'll mark it off in my calendar. Of course I'll be there. What is this shit? So that was 100% a huge red flag. And and then it felt like, oh, when he then called back on or came knocking at my door again, you know, the night before I had allocated this plan and say, oh, okay, are you still free tomorrow night? I think I still can make that work. Um, yeah, well, that's what we had talked about five days ago. Have things changed for you? Because I've, and then it made me feel like, oh, I shouldn't be saving or holding space for you. Like, I'm too available? No, bitch. I could have been having other plans. I am, you guys can't see me, but I am like, I feel like I'm in church right now because (laughs) everything that Liana is saying, I'm like, preach. I feel it. I feel the words in my soul right now. It's annoying. It's annoying as fuck because I have had this happen one too many times. It's like, okay, yeah, let's make plans for Thursday. Let's say we're making the plans on a Monday. Thursday's great. And I go, okay, works for me. Like I don't have to do overtime for my job. Perfect. Let's say on a Tuesday, my friends reach out saying, hey, we have tickets, free tickets to watch this hockey game. Would you be down to go? No, I can't because I already made plans with someone, but please include me in the plans the next time. Wednesday comes around, haven't talked about the plans. It's fine. We're doing whatever. Thursday comes around, Thursday morning. No, no word from the person you made a date with. Thursday after, still, still haven't heard anything. So you're like, okay, well, I need to reach out and figure this out. By Thursday evening, they're like, yeah, sorry, I can't do tonight because of X, Y, Z. So you're telling me I could have went to a hockey game with great seats for free, free 99. But because your ass can't plan and you wanted to just go with the flow, no, 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 no. When I tell y'all the way I had said to the this guy, because I'm talking from, you know, real life, this has happened. I said, well, next time, if there is a next time, you need to let me know in advance because when I make plans with someone, I stick to them because I'm busy and my calendar's packed. Also, just for the icing on the cake, as far as um, an invite for a free hockey game goes, there wasn't a next time. I still have not gone to this hockey game. And... You know, the season's pretty much over. Therefore, I'm still pissed. (laughs) 
I feel the lividness coming out of the computer screen. And I'm livid for you. I, oh my gosh, that just mm, pushes my buttons. That's exactly what I told this guy too. I was like, listen, I am more of a planner. I appreciate, like, sometimes spontaneity is fun, but, and like, I do that on my weekends, you know, I kind of, one friend group might be going out here, one friend group might be going out here. I'm like, okay, maybe I can make both work. We're kind of like swapping around. Maybe we bring groups together. But for a date or like a, a dinner plan, or I like to have things that I do throughout my week. And if I like someone, I want to know when I'm going to see them. And I, to your point, like, uh, we're we're busy women. He like he's busy too. He has a life and he's doing his thing. But that doesn't mean that you can't. If you make time for your friends and your family, you can 100% make time for someone you like. And if you're not, then just say you're not interested. Just say it. It's so easy. It's so easy. I just need everyone. I'm trying to say this in the best way possible. That won't make me sound like a bitch or really rude. But if everyone could just get a little more ballsy and fucking speak up, life would be easier for everyone, let me tell ya. Literally, literally speak truths. All right, so let's hear the best date story. Oh my gosh, okay, best date. So this was, I'm gonna say, I think I was like 20 for this date, but, and this guy was 24, 25. This goes against most of my dates now. It was still the best date, so he had picked me up from my place, and then we had gone to play mini golf. I think an activity for a date is so much more fun than just, you know, getting dinner or drinks. And it was our first date too. So we went, we played mini golf. And then afterwards he goes, oh, okay, let's go and get food. And well, first he asked if I had anything else to do. That and I was like, well, I have plans at like night, but I think noon or one when we went mini golfing. So he goes, okay, you want to grab food? So we go to Chipotle. Which, I mean, this was when I was still living in the suburbs, so it was fine. But we go to Chipotle, and then he takes me to this local ice cream place after the Chipotle for dessert. I was like, this is so nice. And the conversation was great. Like, I had offered to split even the Chipotle, and he goes, no. Like, I know that you spent so much money, like, helping out your family and whatnot. I totally got this. This is on me. I was like, wow, and he's a listener, too. So after the ice cream, he goes, I want to take you to one more place. My ass is thinking, where in the hell is this man taking me? Like, I know it's not his house or his apartment. It better not be. He drives me, he drives me to the mall. And I hate the mall. He does not know this. I don't like shopping in person. I'm an online shopper through and through. The mall, specifically Forever 21, gives me anxiety. I am not about it. So we're walking around. I'm trying to keep it in because I'm like, he wanted to take me here. So let's see what's happening. We get into this one store. I start like browsing, picking up things, putting them down. He goes, get whatever you want. I said, what? Excuse me? He goes, yeah, you like that shirt back there and you keep talking about it. Like, get it. It's on me. That's where I drew the line. I was like, there is no way that you can be paying for everything that we've done today. And granted, when... We left the mall with nothing in hand. I think he might have gotten like one thing. But then he drove me home. We talked in the car for maybe like 20, 30 minutes. Kissed me goodnight. And that was it. It was probably one of my best dates because granted, it was very long. But it just, the conversation was so nice. He planned out everything. And receiving gifts, it's not my top love language. But I was like, if he were to just do this for a first date, he'd be buying me flowers every week for like all of eternity. And flowers every week sounds pretty nice to your girl. So <laughs> that was my best one. I love that. That's amazing. Wow. And so many activities and just like, I love ending a date with ice cream. That's like top, top, number one. Yes. And Wow. I Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do if a guy, we walked into a store and he was like, get whatever you want on a first date. That's, that's, I don't know. I would feel like it was a test almost. I think so. But also this man was not by any means rich. Like I could probably guess his income and it would be, I'd say the average amount that a 25 year old makes. Nothing crazy, not in the triple digits at all. So when he was saying that, 
He was like, dang, I'm about to be a princess if we keep on talking. We didn't last much longer. I think we went on like a second date, maybe three dates. And then, yeah, shit hit the fan. But not on his part, on my part. I was being really all over the place. There was another guy that came into the picture and I didn't know what I wanted. But yeah, he's the one that got away. Would I want him back? Probably not, but I hope he's doing well. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, interesting you mentioned that because that was something that I was, I was we were talking about a bit earlier, but that whole concept of, you know, the second time around. And I think you'd mentioned that you were also seeing or like in a situationship with the same person again. So what are your thoughts there? Do you feel like you've learned your lesson or what do you feel? Well, I feel like it, it really depends on the situation because, and I'm not just talking situationships, I'm talking about all relationships. The first situationship that I was in lasted 18 months, right? So you could have two kids in that time frame. <laughs> and then he got a girlfriend because I was the foster girlfriend at that point. Him and the girl were together for almost two years. And then as the lovely Tinks always says, Men always come back or their lives get worse. He came back. We started as friends. Friends became, you know, friends with benefits for about three or four months. And I had said to him, we had a conversation, if you get a girlfriend, I get a boyfriend, that's totally fine. I will fully respect you and I'd hope you do the same for me. But if we still want to keep this friendship, obviously without the benefits, you cannot like just go ghost on me, fully not respond or whatever, because I'm not going to do it. He got a girlfriend, went completely ghost. There was a show that was both of our favorite shows. I had texted him about the finale because I hadn't heard from him in, in a little bit. And that's the thing. Friendships, they ebb and they flow. So that was my olive branch. Didn't reach out. So then I was like, okay, unfollowed him on everything. Didn't block up until he had Snapchatted me December of last year of 2021. Have his face, the temperature. First of all, this man is close to 30. No offense, but at that age, if at any age to give up Snapchat, it is at the age of 30. So, and he goes, oh, this weather is so interesting because it was a hot day in December. Boy, if you don't get the fuck out of my Snapchat. So I fully blocked him because I was like, I'm not going to give you this energy. So that one for me was so easy because also I started talking to him when I, in 2016, so for five years, it was this really weird thing where we were talking, no communication for a while, back to talking. So that was easy for me to block. This next time around, and I'm honestly very thankful for my therapist about it, because, so that was situationship A. Situationship B, it was almost the same thing, except I didn't know that this guy had a girlfriend for the times where we weren't talking. So like we had faded out, he was dating a girl for like, three months they broke up we started talking again we faded out again he was dating her for a month and then we were back to it so it was a lot and my therapist said to me I want you to read this book called Radical Forgiveness um you can find it on Amazon it's I think the author's name is Colin I'm not or Colin or Connor it might not be either of those but it basically said to me that when you have something going on in your life that happened in your past and you haven't moved past it, that same situation is going to come back into your life again in order for it to teach you the lesson. And if it doesn't teach you it the second time, it's going to keep repeating itself over and over until you get it through your head. So as I'm reading this chapter or it hits you, the book hits you in the first chapter and I started crying by the end of it because I was like, whoa, this is my life. Basically what I had realized is that situationship B came into my life because I didn't learn my lesson with situationship A. Guy number A, I'm fully over. Guy B is still kind of, will cross my mind every so often, but he came to teach me a lesson that I deserve a lot better. I am a catch. I don't need the male attention to feel good about myself that's not necessary and that the person who is going to be my you know future spouse one day is a person who is kind and gentle and opens up and instead of you know talking me up so highly but still pushing me away they're going to talk me up like I'm the best person in the entire world even when I am a bitch and also hold me super tight because they don't want to let go. So second chances 
I think second chances happen because you didn't learn the first time. And hopefully you do. Otherwise, you know the saying third time's the charm works also. Yeah. No, I think that's so beautifully said. And what a great lesson to learn. This book's I've heard of that book as well. I really want to read that. But yeah, I've definitely had the same aha moments and it happened to me this past weekend. I it was the last guy last summer that I was dating more seriously and he had ended up meeting my parents and you know, it was kind of a short but serious situation or relationship. I mean, I don't know. I feel like anytime it gets to, you know, two to three months, it's like it's somewhat of a relationship, even if it's not, you're not like officially labeled as such, but you're clearly like only spending time with each other. So he was the last person. And I guess from that point to now, I've just, you know, dated sporadically or been in these kind of casual situations and it's been fun. It's been fine. I'm kind of getting over it. And I just went through a lot emotionally as well last week. And so running into him, I, and when I tell you, I've been, you ran into oh, him? I've been not. Yeah. Yeah. When I say like second time, I, okay. A few times it's been like a texting situation, but recently it's literally been the universe is literally plopping these people in front of me at random places in New York City. And it is wild. I'll be out with my friends and there they are. And I'm like, what in the hell? This is bizarre. And you know, I mean, we know how big the city is, but how small it is at the same time. But just the pure craziness of this person is in this vicinity or, you know, even if they text me and they're literally 10 blocks away or something or something like that, where it's just like, this is insane. Like, how are we in the same space? But the last few times it's literally been, I, they're, they look at me, we look at each other and it's like, what are you doing here at like 1am or whatever on a Friday or Saturday? Yeah. Wild. So I come out of this bar. Meanwhile, the craziest part was my friends and I had gone down to the West Village and walked all the way to Soho because we couldn't get in anywhere. It was so warm out and everyone was outside. So we get to this random bar like 30 minutes away from where I started. And we're in there for about an hour. It was super crowded and no one was really feeling it. And I didn't come with, out with the intention of meeting anyone. I just kind of wanted to have a good time and, you know, I'm going away. So I just wanted to spend time with my friends. And... We walk out and I think he saw me first because when I looked over, he was looking at me and I went over and I, as the awkward duck that I am, said, hi, how are you? Hi, good. How are you? And I said, how are you? I said that already. Have a good night. And walked away. And so many times I would have taken that as a sign or the universe or fate or what have you. And I do think the universe was at play in the sense that there was something to be learned here. So of course he texts me and my phone is pretty much on do not disturb at all times. Now I'm just doing my own thing, having fun. It's not about you. It's about me. And as it should be a hundred percent live in the moment. And you know, he goes, says something, 9 million people. And I run into you like this super dramatic thing. And I'm like, I know, so crazy, absolute wild, like the universe, blah, blah, blah. And he says something like, I am rolling my eyes uh, to the moon. I don't know. Is it crazy or <laughs> doesn't <laughs> finish his sentence? And then I didn't respond to that. So then he's like, oh, I sh- I'll leave it alone. Never mind. So I'm like, what? Like, what were you going to say? Like, he wanted me to prompt him. Men love that shit. They love to be prompted because they're like, oh, I need to make sure that she's around so I can send the, you know, saucier part of my message. Right, right. And then he says, I shouldn't. So then I stop responding. And I'm like, to me, I'm just like, look, you don't, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Don't play this game. Don't dance around the situation. You saw me. I looked hot. You were like, oh, fuck, I miss her and I missed my shot, but maybe this is a sign. But he didn't even try. And then he, you know, I didn't, I stopped responding. And then he texts me like every hour and he's like, oh, I'll text you when we're both sober. Like said something else. I didn't respond. And then wake up to more of these texts plus two FaceTimes at 3.30 in the morning. 
Tina. That is the devil hour. Oh that my is God. the devil right. coming out. Right, right. And I was just like, wow. And and he, when we dated, like, he was so classy. Like, he bought me concert tickets for my birthday and like surprised me. Like, he treated me like a princess. He took he he literally picked me up in in his car, like all the way at my we lived on opposite side of the sides of the city. He picked me up just to bring me back downtown to say that I was picked up by someone on a date. Why am I blushing hearing these stories? The bar raised so high with this man, right? And it's like, okay, and now after all that, you treat me like some booty call that you think you can have a second shot shot with? Like, no, no. If you're interested in knowing how I am, and of course, he never texts me when we were both sober because he's probably embarrassed as hell. But, you know, I thought about it for a while and I came to the conclusion that I know everything I need to know about this guy and I don't need to look back. Snaps to that, baby. Snaps to that all the way. <laughs> that was quite a long-winded story, but I feel like it's just really fun to share. <laughs> no, I think the universe... I believe that everything happens for a reason and just either where you meant to see him, have a conversation, maybe get back with him, you know, you'll never know. But the thing is just the universe plopping him there. Also, I'm not going to lie and not to invalidate at all because literally like it's the universe sending you a sign. Now that it's warm out, these men are coming through the trenches. Like this is, this is the universe's way of telling you to buckle up because you've got a long ride. <laughs> I love that. And that actually segues really greatly into my next question, which is, I think 2021 summer was this whole hot girl, hot boy summer situation. So what is Tina looking for in summer 2022? Okay, summer of 2021, there was a lot of dating, a lot of casual dating, and I had a great time. I learned a lot about myself. This summer, do I want to have a hot girl summer? Yes, I'm going I'm I'm going to have a hot girl summer, but I'm also looking for someone to gas me up throughout hot girl summer. Like if someone were to ask me, do you see yourself settling down with one person this summer? Yeah, I would love nothing more than that because I'm ready for, I've been single my entire life, you know, I'm in my mid twenties now. And that's, I have no shame in saying that out loud, but I'm ready to just have shared experiences with someone where I can be like, yeah, this is my boyfriend. This is my partner. So we'll see. But rest assured, if whoever I end up with, by any means, tries to hinder me from having my hot girl summer on site, there will not be an us. A hundred percent. And are you willing to, so you mentioned like you're gonna, you're gonna put it out into the universe. Are you gonna p- bring it up early on and dating someone? Like, this is what I'm looking for. Or you just kind of ride the wave. I'm always the one to bring it up. I am so impatient. I am very blunt. I'm not to get into astrology, but I'm an Aries after all. So I like to know from the jump what's happening. So by date like four, I'd usually bring it up like, well, what are you looking for? Because I'm not down for any more casual hookups. I'm kind of over that. And if they still want casual hookups, it's fine. It's just... I'm not your girl. It's not going to be me. But yeah, I will be the one to bring it up every time. <laughs> I love that. And, and you know, I think that just goes to show that you have high standards for yourself, which is great. And what what do you think is the difference between a high standard and being high maintenance? Ooh, okay. This is a good question because I don't think I know. But I'd say high maintenance is someone who wants the red carpet fully spread out. Like, I only want to go to the hottest restaurants. I want to go to the influencer central place hot spots like carbone everyone wants to go to carbone i want to go to carbone but i'm not expecting to go to carbone every weekend i'm down to go for like a special occasion i think someone who's also very always expects to receive things and never gives back is high maintenance someone who needs to have a phone call every night even though i do love a good i love a good phone call or facetime at night i think expecting it and then getting mad when someone doesn't call, I think that's high maintenance because people are busy and have long days. So you can't expect it every time. But once I have an answer to that question, I'll be sure to let you know because I'm going to need a journal. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's 
someone who expects the most and high standards is just you deserve the most. It's not a matter of like, I, I want this because this is what, this is what I expect. I think there's a difference between what you expect and what you deserve. And yeah, totally. So let's do some rapid fire and then where everyone can find you. So how do you get excited for a date? Tequila. (laughs) And good music. I love that answer. And what is your ideal date? Dinner. Dinner over drinks for me. I need to be eating because if we're just doing drinks, I'm going to be talking the entire time because I hate I hate silence. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Even just like some bar snacks or something is is nice. And has there been a time where you've been ghosted or ghosted by someone and what happened? I've been ghosted so many times. So many times. That's why I started sending anti-ghost texts so I could get some good karma back. I'll get ghosted and here's the thing. It goes back to that Tink's quote, men's lives get worse. They always come back or their lives get worse. I'll get ghosted from them for a while. And then do, 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 they come out through the grapevine like two and a half, three months later asking how I'm doing if I want to get drinks. Babes, I had drinks with you. You left me on red. Bye. Agreed. Amen to that. And where can everyone find you? You guys can find me on all social platforms. Just type in T-I-H or type Tina with an H. If you still can't find me, just add my last name, which is Ogalo. Usually just typing Tina will work out because there's only one Tino Gallo. And Liana, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much as well. I'm so glad we got to do this. And yeah, have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or this podcast in general, I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review below. And if you can think of anyone who would enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it. As a new podcast, the most helpful thing is to grow by word of mouth. After all, who doesn't enjoy a good date story? Lastly, if you would like to connect with me, please follow me on Instagram at ghosts underscore of dates past. And feel free to shoot me a DM if you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest. I'm always looking for new people to bring on to the show. Hope you all have lovely weeks and I'll be back next week for another juicy episode. Bye for now.